الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن الموت الذي تفرون منه فإنه ملاقيكم ثم تردون إلى عالم الغيب والشهادة فينبئكم بما كنتم تعملون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أكثروا ذكر هازم اللذات الموت أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters Generally, insan has certain things that he looks forward to, he desires, he enjoys, and there are certain things that he generally does not want to have any discussion about, does not want to be part of it, does not want to think about it. Among the things that every person generally looks forward to, eating good food, drinking things that he enjoys, wearing good clothes, living in a comfortable house, driving a good car, and going to places that excite him, and these kind of things. Generally, insan look forward to these kind of things, work hard for it, Strive the whole year, work hard, save, and then they go in. In a week, two weeks, the hard-earned savings of the year are all just spent in some, in some entertainment and some merry-making, some merry-making, and just like like a dream, like something fleeting passed by. In two weeks' time, they just everything was gone. And nothing left to account for that what they was achieved out of it. But that's how insan, this is what the whole life revolves around, trying to make the best of dunya. So these are the kind of things that everybody generally looks forward to, illa mashallah. And then there are certain things generally most people, really most people don't want to be engrossed in that kind of discussion. If you this is something that spoils our fun, it spoils our entertainment. It spoils our uh, the the enjoyment that we are having. So this is a common story. So what is it about? It is the discussion of death. The discussion of death. This is not a very enjoyable discussion. People don't like to listen much to it. Don't like to talk about it. Occasionally something will come up. So a person will listen for a short while and then that will be more than enough. Yes, if something has now come directly into a person's home, come directly into his life, somebody very close, so now there will be no option there. There will be some discussion. It will affect the heart for a short while, few days. Other than that, we are very aloof from it. Whereas, Allah Ta'ala keeps reminding us in the Qur'an Sharif about this reality of death. Every person 
accepts that that is a reality. Nobody ever will claim that he is not going to die. Even the worst atheist also, he accepts that he is going to leave this world. Nobody has ever made such a claim because they know this will be the most foolish claim that anybody can ever make. The whole world will laugh at him. Even the worst atheist will laugh at him. So this is a reality that every single person accepts, that death is coming. And we all have to pass away one day. And Allah Ta'ala spells it out in the Qur'an Sharif. And even Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala, but Allah Ta'ala addressed him also and said to him, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتُوا وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّ رَبِّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ تَخْتَصِمُونَ that verily you are also going to leave this world. And your adversaries are also going to leave the world one day. Nobody is going to remain here. You are also going to leave, they are also going to leave. And then on the day of Qiyamah you will then uh, put forward your dispute in front of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will judge. And obviously Allah Ta'ala is the best of judges. So those who are opposing you, who are your adversaries, the reality will come out on the day of Qiyamah that how far away they were and what deviation and destruction they were in. So even the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was addressed beforehand and told in the Qur'an Sharif, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتُوا وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ That you will also leave, they will also leave. And then in many many ayat, Allah Ta'ala reminds us about this death. Repeatedly. In one ayat Allah Ta'ala even says it, قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِكُمْ That say to them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say to them, say to the whole mankind, that إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْ That this death from which you are trying to flee, now nobody can run away from death, but that's how we conduct ourselves as if we are trying to run away from death itself. So, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is being told to declare to them that you are trying to flee from death, but remember, فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ Death is going to meet you. You cannot escape death. And it will come at its appointed time. It will not come one moment, one millisecond prior to the appointed time, and not one millisecond later it will come. It will come on its appointed time. إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لا يستأخرون ساعة ولا يستقدمون. When that appointed time comes, they cannot make it move anyway. One millisecond forward, backwards, it will come on its appointed time. And it will move on. It will take the person and carry on. So this is a reality. This is something we all accept. We understand that this reality is coming. And we have to prepare for it. We have to understand that this is a moment that we have to be prepared for. It's not a moment to be afraid of. It's a moment to be prepared for. There is a natural uh, uneasiness about death. But that is a natural thing because it's going to now cause a separation from all those who are near and dear. But more than that, that it's now going to usher a person into the next realm. He now has to go and face his deeds. He has to go and answer the questions in the cover. He has to go and give an account on the day of Qiyamah. So now everything else is going to be left behind. Now the reality really opens out. 
in this world, a lot of it is in the, yeah, a lot of times we are in deception. We do not accept the realities. We keep, we keep, we keep ourselves in this deception. But then, when death comes, the realities then open out hundred percent to a person. Now there's no way that he can continue deceiving himself, because now the reality has opened out to him. So Allah Taala is saying that remember this death, that this death is coming. This death is certainly coming. So Rasulullah sallallahu is also giving us the same message in the Hadith Sharif, but in a very, very unique manner and in a very, very eloquent way. The thing about dunya is that dunya, a person wants to keep having fun in dunya. One is that the halal ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala, the halal bounties that Allah Ta'ala has blessed a person with, mashallah, person may certainly benefit from that and make shukr for Allah Ta'ala's ni'mats and bounties and be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. This is the true reality of shukr. But the tabiat and the nature of this insan is such that if he does not keep it under control, he does not curb these desires, then it runs loose. And then he wants to just keep having fun. Fun of what nature? Of anything. Whether it is halal, haram, doesn't then matter. Whatever will give him some entertainment, will give him some fun. So now he wants to be more and more in it. But the thing about this fun is that it's just a deception of fun. It's just a deception of enjoyment. As a result, it doesn't give any satisfaction because it's just a deception. This fun of dunya is just a deception. The reality is very different. So since this is not the reality, what is not halal can never give any satisfaction. So now the person keeps going deeper and deeper into something or the other to try and gain some kind of satisfaction. But the satisfaction won't come. But in that process, he starts detesting death. He doesn't want to be thinking about death. He doesn't want to have any thought about death. He doesn't want to have any discussion about death. He doesn't want to listen to anything about death. But as a result, he gets deeper and deeper into sin. So Rasulullah is treating this very serious malady in such a beautiful manner. Rasulullah says, Akthiru zikra hazimil laddat al-maut. Akthiru, excessively remember. Akthiru zikra hazimil laddat. Excessively remember that which will cut off all pleasures. All these leisures and pleasures, everything will get cut at one go. Death will come and all these things will be left behind. And what is that? Al-mawth, death. When death comes, there is no way that a person can take anything along. It will be him, his iman and amal. Allah Ta'ala take us with perfect iman and with righteous actions. Allah Ta'ala forgive us before that moment and make us completely free of all sin. But this death is a reality. And we are being repeatedly reminded in the Quran Sharif, in the hadith of Rasulullah Wasallam, to remember this. To sit down and think about it. To imagine that reality. 
when this will come, what will be the case? Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, he explains that a person should from time to time sit around and think. So-and-so was around, what a jolly person he was, and how he used to keep everybody so entertained around him, and how there used to be so much, and how there used to be so much of laughter around there, and there was so much of fun and excitement, and everybody used to be so thrilled about the person's very uh, good way and manner and so on. But where is the person now? Where is all that laughter gone? That laughter has turned to crime. That that excitement excitement has turned into grief. That merrymaking has turned into mourning. That celebration has turned into a occasion of grief and uh, crying. And then the person was living in the lap of luxury and comfort. The person was a king. He was somebody very high in the dunya, in terms of positions of dunya. And he was living in the lap of luxury. And he was living with all kinds of comforts around him. And he was living in a huge palace and a mansion that could not be even compared by most people, couldn't be imagined by most people. But now where, where is he? What is his condition? Now under him is sand. He was sleeping on the most luxurious mattress. That mattress which most people, they would have to spend their whole, whole year's earnings. They couldn't afford that kind of mattress. He was sleeping on that kind of mattress and that kind of bed. Now he's sleeping, he's sleeping on the sand, on the sand, on the hard ground, on the soil. On his right, on his right is also soil. On his left, on his left is also soil. In front of him, in front of him is also the sand of the grave. At his head side, at his head side is also the sand of the grave. Where was he once upon a time? He was sleeping on this most luxurious bed. In front, if it was halal, well and good. There was a great open scenery in front of him. He opened his windows and his curtains and the most uh, exotic scenery was there and everything was so captivating and Allah forbid, it was haram. In front of him was a big screen and that's how he used to fall asleep watching the haram and watching the nakedness and listening to the music. So now at his, in front of him is what? In front of him is the stand of the grave only. On his right, on his right at the press of a button something was opening and whatever cool drinks he needed and whatever hot drinks he needed and everything was just at his hand arm's length and at the press of the button and he was dictating and commanding instructions by pressing some button to people who were now receiving instructions through some intercom or whatever the case is to do this and do that and he was lounging very very luxuriously and giving all these instructions, but what is on his right hand side now? The sand of the grave. On the left, on the left was also something that he desired very much, something that he was looking forward to, but now is what? Now is also on the sand of the grave. At his head side there were so many things. There were things that he now had prized. Perhaps on the head side there was a headboard. There were so many of his achievements all stuck, uh, standing there on that headboard. His certificates might have been on that wall behind him. And what not might have been all 
adorning that place. But now what is there? Under him is the sand. On his right is the sand. On his left is the sand. Behind him is the sand. In front him, in front him, in front him, front of him is the sand. Sand. And then he had every kind of lighting. Down lighters. And all kinds of various color, colorful lighting. And what not he had dim lighting and he could adjust the lighting and so if it's well, something within reasonable limits no problem Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with whatever is going to be of practical use not to just show off with anybody but all this was at his disposal and he would adjust it to his best comfort and now now there's no lights there's no light there's no dot of brightness it's all completely darkened it's a dark grave. It's sand. All around is sand. But now what happens from this point onwards, it all depends on what he did while he still had that opportunity before he got into the grave. Before he was placed in the grave, what, what, what was his life all about? That is what's going to determine now whether the sand on all directions, every direction sand, whether this is going to become a garden of Jannah or a pit of hell. That all depends on how he lived his life on the surface of the earth. Now the sand upon sand and this darkness. But if he lived his life with Iman, with Amal Saliha, with righteousness, with sacrificing those haram desires and not making the dunya his object and not making chasing fun his aspiration. He was aspiring for the akhirat. He was sacrificing for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. He was working towards gaining the nearness of Allah Ta'ala. He was trampling those haram desires. And he was not getting into all those evils and temptations that nafs and shaitan were tempting him into. And he was living a life of piety, a life of righteousness. There were so many things that were now dragging him in different directions. The culture of the West was beckoning and was saying, no, this is how you must live your life. And this is how you must dress. And this is how you must live. And this is how you must conduct your business. And this is the kind of lifestyle you must adopt. But he was now very conscious that this is not taking me closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is not taking me closer to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to come down and look at me in, my, in, in this manner in my life in this world. If the Sahabiyat had to come and see what kind of dressing I am in. Then what kind of situation that will be? Will they get the worst shock of their lives? Oh, they'd be very happy. So now he's all the time asking himself this question. She's asking herself that question and making the right choices. And those right choices are often being laughed upon by the people of dunya. Are often being laughed upon by those who forgot death. Are often being laughed upon by those who did not remember that the grave is a dark place. And the light in the grave is amal saliha Iman and amal saliha that is the nur that is going to be lit up in the grave. The taqwa, the obedience of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, staying away from sin, staying away from the disobedience of Allah ta'ala, that is going to light up that grave. And that is what a person has to be concerned about. And that is what is a person to be afraid of. That what is going to happen under the grave, under the soil, in that grave. Death, that itself is not something to be afraid about. Yes, what is to be afraid about is our sins. 
there was one very great personality, Hazrat Mawla Yaqub Bopali Rahmatullah So, he was a very senior person, very great alim. So once he had some severe pain on his chest, and as a result he was quickly rushed to the hospital, and now when there's a pain on the chest, then the mind immediately goes in all directions. So the people around also were very, very concerned, and they, and, they, and they thought perhaps he's suffering a heart attack, and just merely the word heart attack, it sends, sends shivers down the spine of the person or others around, that what is going to be the case now? Will this person survive? Will he make it, or will he not make it? So now these are the thoughts that immediately run through the mind. So in any case, he was rushed to hospital. Then he was attended to by the doctors. So there was one good pious Muslim doctor who was attending to him and he was very familiar with him also. So in any case, after all the tests were done and whatever, they examined him and he was then settling as well. He settled. He was much calmer. That pain had subsided. So after they examined him and whatever they might have done, whatever needed to be done was done so the doctor then came after a while maybe the next day or whenever and now in a way of sort of consoling him or giving him some courage he said to him that Hazrat there is nothing to be afraid of nothing to be nothing to be perturbed about nothing to be afraid of everything is fine meaning there was no no issue with the heart it wasn't a heart attack it was perhaps some other pain that just People sometimes experience something. So, basically, he is now telling him nothing to be afraid about. That what he was meaning to say is, don't worry, you don't have to be worried about that this is something going to be fatal. You're going to die as a result of this. Allah knows best when the person's life is going to go. But this wasn't a heart attack. So, he said it in these, way, in these words, that this wasn't meaning something that's going to be fatal. So when he said this, this Alim Hazrat Ma Yaqub Bopali Sahib he responded and said, Are maut koi ghabrane ki cheez hai? That is death something to be afraid about? This is not something to be afraid about. Ghabrane ki cheez to apne guna hai. The thing that you have to be afraid about is your sins. That is what, because that is going to what, is, is the thing that's going to bring disaster. Death, death can only come at the appointed time. It can't come one second before. So that's a certainty. That's going to happen. So there's no point in being afraid of death itself. Yes, if a person hasn't prepared for death, so he's going to be afraid for the after death. And that is every moment's concern also. That nobody can claim that they are in a state that they have no nothing to be concerned about. Yes, we have to be concerned. What's going to be the situation, when life is going to leave, what kind of angels, which angels are going to come to receive our ruh? The angels of rahmat or azab, that's something to be afraid about and worried about. When we are going to be laid in the qabr, it's going to become a garden of jannah or a pit of hell. That's something to be afraid about. That's something to worry about. When the angels are going to come and question, what are the answers we're going to be able to give? Because the answers are not based on the theory that we learned. The answers are not based on the theory that we learned. We all learned the theory. That this is going to be asked on the, by the angels, Man Rabbuk, Wa Ma Dinuk, 
So we learn the theory, we know the question, we know the answer. This is that question paper which is already out. But it is not the theory that a person has learned that will enable him to answer correctly. It is the life that he lived that will enable him to answer correctly. If he lived in a way that he recognized Allah Ta'ala is his Rabb, he'll be able to answer that. that. And if he lived in a way that he lived the deen of Islam, according to the commands of Allah Ta'ala, staying away from haram, staying away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, whether in his ibadat, he's not shirking in the ibadat, in his mu'amalat, in his mu'asharat, in his akhlaq, he's fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, staying away from haram, staying away from harming others, so then he'll be able to give the right answer, deeni al-Islam, that my deen is Islam. And if he followed in the footsteps of Rasulullah wasallam, in the lifestyle of Rasulullah wasallam, then he'll be able to answer correctly there. But if he followed the lifestyle of the West, the manner of the West in their life, how they lived, how they ate and drank, how they carried on with their life, how they continued in a completely immoral way, how their dressing was, if that's the manner that he will adopt in life, how is he going to answer in the grave? He won't be able to answer. So that's what's to be worried about. To be worried about the day of Qiyamah, these are the things to be worried about. Otherwise, that in itself, that in itself, is not something, when a person is prepared for it, when he has prepared his life, himself, he's lived his life in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, and he has acquired the love of Allah Ta'ala, then death, that is something that he then looks forward to. Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala and he's on his last moments, he's in on his deathbed, and he's saying, Wa taraba, wa taraba. He's, he's so excited. Wa taraba, ghadan nalqal ahibba, muhammadan wa hizba. Tomorrow we're going to meet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we're going to meet the sahaba ikram. I'm leaving this dunya, I'm going to these great people, I'm going to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm going to meet Sahaba Radiallahu He's expressing his excitement. Now he's on his deathbed and he's expressing his excitement. Al Mautu Jisrun Yusilul Habiba ilal Habib. Mot is a bridge. Death is a bridge. It takes the lover to the beloved. In order to reach the beloved, you have to cross this bridge. So now when a person is his heart is filled with love then that bridge which is going to take him to the beloved, that bridge becomes beloved also. But this is the need. The need is to now prepare for that death. And then a person is very calm when the mention of death takes place. That is something he, he actually takes, looks forward to because that reminds him of his abode. There was one great Buzrug who passed away in India, Mawlana Mazhar, Nanotwi Rahmatullah So when he uh, passed away, under his pillow, they found a little note, which he had written and kept there. And this was left under his pillow, because he realized that when after he passes away, they're going to now someday move the things around. So perhaps just close to his passing away, he was very sick, or whatever might have been the case, so close to his passing away, he wrote this little thing and he put it under his pillow. Now they found it after he passed away, you know, they 
moving the things around and they found this under his pillow. What was there? His name was Maulana Mazhar Sahib. Mazhar was his name. So he wrote a little small note, two lines on it. Log kehte hai mazhar mar gaya. Mazhar dar haqiqat ghar gaya. Log kehte hai mazhar mar gaya. Mazhar dar haqiqat ghar gaya. Now this was a little note as a consolation to his family to give them some uh, consolation to lighten their grief. His people are saying mazhar has died. Log kehte hai mazhar mar gaya. People are saying mazhar has died. Mazhar dar haqiqat ghar gaya. In reality, Mazhar has gone home. What's died? He's gone home. When a person is gone home, then even other family members, etc., when they know, okay, this person reached home safely, he was gone on a visit somewhere, and now he's reached home, he went back home, so they felt a little grieved when he departed from them, but when they get the message, he's reached home safely, they feel very relieved, they feel very happy, mashallah, he reached home safely, he traveled, and there was no problem on the journey. He reached home safely. So they feel very comforted. Though they were grieved when he was parting from them. So likewise, when a person has lived his life well in dunya, then he goes on to his abode, his abode of Jannat. So now, when a person has left, it's natural, it's human nature, that those who are behind, because of that association, because of that relationship, they feel grieved. But then when they reflect that this person, where has he gone to? He's gone home. He's gone home. Subhanallah. When a person has gone home, no matter how, how small that home might be, how basic it might be, but home is home. When the small little basic home is home, what about the real home? The home of Jannat. Now when a person says he's gone home and he's reached his small two by two home, then too his family members all feel so con- consoled and comforted and uh, so happy that finally he reached home, alhamdulillah, nothing happened on the way, everything was fine. When a person reflects that, mashallah, this person lived such a good life, he was always trying to be obedient to Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala, didn't get involved in haram, lived the sunnah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now that itself becomes such a consolation. Inshallah, this person has gone with the fuzzle of Allah, ta'ala, gone home, gone to his abode of Jannah, inshallah. That the qabr already has become a garden of Jannah. The window of Jannah has been opened out and the cool breeze of Jannah is already now flowing into this cover. And what can the, the comforts of dunya ever matter to this person? No matter what the person had in dunya in terms of the comforts, but the person was a good person, a pious person, a Allah-fearing person, person with taqwa, person living according to the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. Now it's luxury and luxury that cannot be imagined. So that person doesn't even look back at the world in any remorse and regret that why did I leave the world? That person is in the height of comfort and luxury that can't be imagined. And if they had to look down onto the world, it will seem like a dumpyard. They will not have the slightest inclination like a person passing some dumpyard and he looks he looks the other way and he feels very, very uh, uncomfortable. Likewise, if somebody who has gone to the ni'mats of Akhirat, who has gone to the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, and is enjoying the bounties of Akhirat, when they, if they had to look down towards dunya, it will look like a dumpyard to them. And they would be very uncomfortable even just looking down at it. So we too have to work towards this. Life, life is not 
اے پلئی جگہ جی لگانے کی دنیا نہیں ہے یا عبرت کی جا ہے تماشا نہیں ہے ویری گریٹ پرسنالٹی خواجہ حسن مجوب رحمۃ اللہ تعالیٰ علیہ جیسے لینتی فوم آف ہز آن دا ریمبرنس آف ڈیتھ اینڈ دا کھورس لائن آف دیٹ اینڈ دا کھورس لائن آف دیٹ از دس لائن جگہ جی لگانے کی دنیا نہیں ہے یا عبرت کی جا ہے تماشا نہیں ہے دس ورلڈ از ناٹ اے پلیس ٹو اٹیچ دا ہارٹ از ناٹ اے پلیس ٹو اٹیچ دا ہارٹ یوز دا تھنگس آف دنیا یوز اٹ نو پرابلم اللہ تعالیٰ بلیس سم تھنگ ود اے گڈ اللہ تعالیٰ بلیس سم نعمت سم باؤنٹیز اٹ از کم ان اے حلال وے نو پرابلم یوز اٹ بٹ ڈونٹ اٹیچ دا ہارٹ ٹو اٹ ڈونٹ اسپائر فار اٹ اٹ کیم وداؤٹ میکنگ دیٹ دا آبجیکٹ وداؤٹ چیسنگ آف دیٹ الحمد للہ نو پرابلم ان اے ریزنیبل مینر دا پرسن میڈ ہز ایفرٹ اللہ تعالیٰ بلیسٹ ہم دیٹ از سم تھنگ وچ اللہ تعالیٰ ہیز آلریڈی ڈسٹائنڈ نحن قسمنا بينهم معيشتهم في الحياة الدنيا ورفعنا بعضهم فوق بعض درجات الله تعالى says we've already distributed their sustenance in dunya sustenance is not only what is counted by the hand or what is eaten by the mouth or what is digested everything that a person possesses is part of that risk everything that a person possesses is part of that risk whatever he will do in dunya is part of that risk So it's already distributed and destined. Now what's the, what's the point in now making the dunya the objective and chasing behind it? What is not destined for one will not come. Make a reasonable effort according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. And whatever is meant to come will come. So we have to work towards this. Jagaji lagane ki dunya nahi hai. This place is not a place to attach the heart to. Ya ibrat ki ja hai, tamasha nahi hai. This is a place to take a lesson. We haven't come here as spectators to come and spectate the whole dunya, what's going on here. We have come to take a lesson. We've come to take a lesson, take a lesson from them, from them, from those who moved on. Take a lesson from their lives. How they were in this dunya, somebody was on what position and somebody had what mansions and somebody had what amassed wealth and how many... things that the person did in dunya and seem like life will never come to an end where is he now every direction is sand but what happens after that depends what what happened before in dunya so this is an opportunity that we have we don't know what's going to be the case when that time comes we have to work towards that when that time comes the person will wish i had a chance to make two rakats nafil i wish i was being given two a chance to make two rakats just two rakats i'll read short surahs also And I'll only make short tasbihs also. I won't read 50 times and 15 times. I'll read 3 times tasbih in Ruku, Sajda. I'll, I'll make short tirat. Just two rakats nafil I want to make. But if the time has come, there won't be a chance to make even one rakat. There won't be a chance to say one subhanallah. When that moment has come, it's gone. The person is gone. Now, at the moment, we still have that life. So if that thought comes in the mind, let me make two rakats, don't leave it for later. That later might not come. Make the two rakats. If that opportunity is there to recite some Qur'an Sharif, make it. Read it now. Read it now. That opportunity is there, opportunity is there to do something for deen, do it now. Later might never come. There's that opportunity to help somebody, help them now. Don't leave it for tomorrow. That time might never come again. One person had just entered, uh, he had entered the toilet, and while he was in the toilet now, it might have been late. public space, whatever. Now he's inside the toilet and suddenly he heard somebody outside 
shouting out, meaning he was begging for something, for some help. So now, not every beggar is a professional beggar. You'll get some who are professional beggars. But many, many people are in a situation of desperation. They have nothing. They're living just for that, whatever will be just given to them by somebody. So many don't have anything. They are in desperation. Yes, you get the professionals also. So in any case, he didn't get into that detail. Is this person a professional or is this person desperate? It sounded like somebody in need. So from the toilet, it might have been some gap over the door. So he took his kurta out and he threw it out over the door so that that person might catch it and take it away. So then when he emerged from the toilet now, now he's going to have to go and get another kurta for himself. So somebody asked him, but why you did this? You should have just waited then. After you came out, you want to give him something. Maybe take him home, give him another old kurta or something you got. He said, I had no guarantee that I will get this opportunity of helping this person. That he's asking for it now, but now I'm sitting, I'm in the toilet, I can't immediately respond to him. So, if I left it for later, what I know whether I would have got that opportunity. My life would have gone, or he might have gone. Now, this was that consciousness of death. This was that consciousness of how they were all the time aware of this reality. There was one great muhaddith, so Muhammad ibn Fadl, rahimahullah, he says, Yahya ibn Ma'in, rahimahullah, very great personality, very great muhaddith. He says, he once came to me, and he asked me about a particular hadith. So, he said to me that a certain hadith that has reached you, and which you have narrated, in other words, that hadith had reached Yahya bin Ma'in, rahimahullah, who was a great muhaddith of his time, it had reached him via another student of this muhaddith, of Muhammad ibn Fadl, rahimahullah. So now he came directly to the ustad, to get it directly. First he got it via a third party. So now he came directly, because this was a very great thing, to come directly to the source. So he said, please, I want to hear that hadith from you. So, this muhaddith, Muhammad ibn Fadl rahimahullah, he began dictating the hadith from memory. As soon as he commenced the hadith sharif, Yahya bin Ma'in rahimahullah then said to him, look, law kana min kitabik. Fine, you are narrating it from memory, but if you could rather read it from your notebook, where you recorded it. In other words, it will just give so much more confidence that you are 100% sure about what you are narrating. Not that he had any doubt about his memory, but it will just give that one little extra bit of confidence as well. So this person also didn't take any offense. What do you think about me? You think I, I'm a fool? I don't know what my work is? You think I'm going to talk, tell you something wrong? When there's no pride in the heart, when there's true humility, then these kind of things are non-issues. It doesn't become an issue at all. So now you ask me to narrate the hadith to you. I'm narrating it to you. Now you have got all these other nuktas, you've got all these other stories in between. Go, go, you don't know, hear it from me, go somewhere else. Those kind of responses are from the, the responses of pride. When there is tawazu and humility, when the reality of tawazu, the reality of that humility is in the heart, then this is not the kind of response. So this person to mashallah was that kind of person who had that humility, who had that tawazu, he wasn't a person of pride. He didn't take any offense. So when he, Yahya bin Ma'in, rahimahullah, said to him that, uh, please, if you could 
narrate it from your notebook, read it out of your notebook. So the notebook was inside the house. So he stood up immediately to go and fetch that notebook. As soon as he stood up to go and fetch the notebook, he says, Yahya bin, he says, Yahya bin Ma'in held on to my clothes, to my garment. And he said to him, that look, first tell it to me from memory, then go and bring your notebook. First tell it to me from your memory, narrate it, tell me now the hadith, then you go and bring the notebook. Because I am afraid that I may not meet you again. In other words, you will go into the house to go and bring the notebook. It could happen in that brief moment, in that minute or two, that either I pass away, if I pass away, I would have left this dunya with one hadith less, with the, with the great virtue of, I would have been deprived of that one isra hadith sharif. So I don't want to leave without that hadith sharif. I got the opportunity, let me take it now. And maybe you might not come back, you might pass away. Then I am, that's gone from me. I wanted to take it from you, from the source. Now this was the extent of the consciousness of death. So when this was the consciousness of death, that was the kind of life they led. This is what is the extent, the, the, the meaning of this Hadith Sharif. أَكْثِرُوا ذِكْرَ هَذِمِ Al-Mawt That excessively remember that which will cut off all pleasures, which is death. Why? Because when that will be excessively remembered, then inshallah the person will be spurred on to prepare for that death. Then the person will live a life that will be beneficial after death. And if the person forgets about death, he'll say, now live life now, we'll see later. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. But Allah forbid, then suddenly it just strikes a person and then it's too late. So Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this life. This is a very great na'mad. This is a very great na'mad. A very great na'mat in one hadith sharif it is mentioned that among the best things is man ta'ala umruhu wa hasuna amaluhu that that person who has been given a long life and good actions good actions he lived a life of piety he lived a life of righteousness he stayed away from sin then that's a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala so this is a great na'mat but it is not a na'mat to be just wild away not a na'mat to be just wasted it is a na'mat to make use of because we have no idea when this will finish off, when this will be the end of it. So while we have this opportunity, while we are still in dunya, while we have this life, we have to make this full effort to prepare our qabr, to prepare our akhirat, and inshallah then the time of enjoyment will come. The sleep that the person will truly get will be the sleep of the qabr where he'll be told, nam kanawmatil arus, that sleep like a bright, bright sleeps that nobody ever troubles, nobody disturbs. So you will not be disturbed. You sleep, enjoy your sleep in this cover. And then in Jannat is the pleasure and enjoyment that will never end. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we make sincere tawbah. This is, the, this is the need of the moment that we make sincere tawbah. We do not procrastinate the tawbah. And the halat that we are in, that should make us rush towards tawbah. That we make sincere tawbah, sincerely beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for ourselves, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And together with the sincere tawbah, we bring our life onto righteousness, onto piety, and try to become the true beloved of Allah Ta'ala, try to acquire the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, and try to acquire the muhabbat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and live according to his Mubarak Sunnah, 
and inshallah this will make us the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. This will make our akhirat. May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we make sincere tawbah. We make a turn in our lives for the better. And we start preparing for this akhirat. We start taking stock of our lives. Start reflecting what kind of life am I living? What I need to change? These are the things that need to come out of my life now. What I need to work on and take guidance, take direction from somebody and inshallah we will find that in this way we'll be able to, we'll gain the barakat and blessings even in dunya and in akhirat we will be inshallah in the bounties of jannat with the fazl of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'awana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim Daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihi إذ الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله 
ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله you are most merciful يا الله you are الرحمن يا الله you are الرحيم يا الله you are يعز الجلال والإكرام يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Ya Allah, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. But Ya Allah, you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. You are most merciful, Ya Allah. You, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make us among your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us prepared for this moment of death, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, our time is certainly coming, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have no idea when that moment will come. Ilahul Alameen, you keep us in a state of preparedness for it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from doing things that will take us towards evil, Ya Allah. Save us from doing things that will take us towards an evil death, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us khatma bil khair, Ya Allah. Grant us death on perfect iman, Ya Allah. Grant us death on amal salih, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us death at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from death in such a condition that we have not fulfilled our uh, duties towards people, Ya Allah. That we have not fulfilled the duties to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from a death in a condition, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, that we have not made sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you keep us prepared for that moment of death, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, take us with iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make that the most happiest moment of all lives, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let the angels of Rahmat come to receive us at that time, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let that be the most beautiful welcome we've ever experienced, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make our qabars the best garden of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to have that beautiful window of Jannat opened out for us, Ya Allah. And the cool breeze of Jannat and the beautiful breeze of Jannat blowing to us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to answer the questions of the Qabr with ease, Ya Allah. Enable us to live such a life, Ya Allah, that we can answer those questions of the Qabr, the questions of the angels in the Qabr with ease, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make that Qabr garden of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us, Ya Allah. The, ya Allah, you grant us shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah, don't take us to task, Ya Allah. Don't take us to task on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us the water of Kawthar from his Mubarak hand, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be happy to see us on that moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, enable us to cross the full sirat with the speed of lightning, Ya Allah. Give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with the Anbiya alayhi wa sallatu wa sallam, with the Sahaba kiram, with all the awliya of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from that situation, Ya Allah. That people are going to be raised with Haman, with Fir'aun, with Qarun, with Abu Jahl. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. With the people of the West, Ya Allah. With the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, don't raise us with them, Ya Allah. 
Allah, we don't Jesus is the enemies of the peace and love. Allah, indeed, we have caused so much of tactics to his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. We Allah turned our back on his Mubarak way, Ya Allah. We embraced the way of the West, Ya Allah. We embraced the ways of his enemies, Ya Allah. We abandoned this from that, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a topic of embracing his Sunnah, Ya Allah. Of loving his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Put the love of his Mubarak Sunnah deep down in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let our weddings and nikahs be according to his Sunnah, Ya Allah. Let our business be according to his Sunnah, Ya Allah. Let our homes be according to his Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let our dressing be according to the way he was, he is pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let every bit of our lives be according to his Mubarak Tariq, to his Mubarak Tariqah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and save us from the ways of his enemies, Ya Allah. Allah, otherwise, if we are raised with his enemies on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah, who is going to be there to save us, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, how are we going to get his shafaat and intercession on that day, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from the disgrace of that day, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the disgrace of the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, there's no disgrace that can compare to it. Ilahul Alameen, if you are disgraced on the day of Qiyamah, who will be there to save us, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, only your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us the tawfiq of Allah, those amal that will bring us the great ya Allah, blessings of the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. That will bring us honor and izzat on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. That will bring the happiness of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he sees us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You grant us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Grant us tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. We beg for forgiveness for ourselves, Ya Allah. For our families, Ya Allah. For the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, show your maghfirat, Ya Allah. Show your maghfirat, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. The ummah is in dire circumstances, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, bless the entire humanity with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the difficulties of the entire humanity, Ya Allah. Allah, blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant Hidayat to every single person on the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are causing taklif to the believers, Ya Allah. Give them also Hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, if Hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Allahumma khudhum akhza azizim muqtadir. Allahumma khudhum akhza azizim muqtadir. Allahumma khudhum akhza azizim muqtadir. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, Allah, you grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Allah, you don't know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill all the jayas needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's sorrows, anxiety, depression, grief, Ya Allah. Remove all the hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat to each one, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's life, Ya Allah. In each one's health and wealth, Ya Allah. In each one's family, Ya Allah. In each one's possessions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Protect the iman and amal of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Protect the life, wealth, and honor of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us with the afiyat, Ya Allah. Keep us with afiyat, Ya Allah. Save us from trials and tribulations, Ya Allah. Allah, we are very weak, Ya Allah. We are very weak, Ya Allah. Allah, don't take us to trial, Ya Allah. Don't test us, Ya Allah. Keep us in afiyat, Ya Allah. Keep us in afiyat in our deed, Ya Allah. Keep us in afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Keep us in afiyat in our families, Ya Allah. Keep us in afiyat in our progenies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us all steadfast in our deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Keep us to our last breath with Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. 
Take us on perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them. Allah, you grant them every khair, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who raise their hands to this dua, grant them every khair, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant every good to every Muslim, Ya Allah. Allahumma kulla khairin li kulli muslimi wa muslimah. Allahumma kulla khairin li kulli muslimi wa muslimah. Allahumma kulla khairin li kulli muslimi wa muslimah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, there's a fire burning in almost every home, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, with your grace and mercy, extinguish this fire, Ya Allah. Allah, extinguish it with rahmat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill the hearts with mercy towards one another, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with love, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with compassion and kindness, Ya Allah. Allah, remove all the ill feelings, Ya Allah. Remove all the ill feelings, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, so many homes are breaking up, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, out of your grace, Ya Allah, you bring unity, Ya Allah. You bring Muhammad, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of those spouses, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable each one to fulfill the rights of the other, Ya Allah. Enable each one to make ihsan upon the other, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill the hearts with muhammad and rahmat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with love and mercy and kindness and compassion, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, make every home count to the pattern of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, make every home a place of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you have already spelt it out. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاةٌ طَيِّبًا And whoever has iman and amal salihah, then you will give them a good life. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, our iman is so weak, Ya Allah. We've abandoned amal salihah. We brought all the evil actions in our homes. We brought all the bad akhlaq in our lives. We brought all the things of the West in our homes. We brought all the things of the enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Our eyes are glued to so much of haram. Our ears are listening to all the haram. Ilahul alamin by all these evils and the tongue that is speaking all the filth. Ilahul alamin this has become the reason that we have lit fires in our homes, Ya Allah. Our homes are now burning, Ya Allah. Our hearts are burning, Ya Allah. Our families are burning down, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all that Muhammad has evaporated, Ya Allah. That Muhammad has burned down, Ya Allah. In place of it is all the ill feeling, Ya Allah. In place of it is all the hatred and malice. In place of it is all the jealousy that has come. It's all due to our own doings, Ya Allah. It's all due to our own doings, Ya Allah. We acknowledge our wrongs, Ya Allah. We acknowledge our wrongs, Ya Allah. Allah, we're making sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. We're making sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Allah, we're not looking at haram again, Ya Allah. We'll not listen to the haram again, Ya Allah. We'll not speak the haram again, Ya Allah. We'll stay away from ghibat, Ya Allah. We'll stay away from lying, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept our tawbah, Ya Allah. Accept our tawbah, Ya Allah. Make us your true servants, Ya Allah. Make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Allah, bring Muhammad back in the homes, Ya Allah. Bring Muhammad back in the hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring unity, Ya Allah. Bring, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring that bond, Ya Allah. In families, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring the bond in the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, unite the Ummat upon Haq, Ya Allah. Unite the Ummat upon Haq, Ya Allah. Unite the Ummat upon Haq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the work of deen taking place. Ilahul Alameen, accept it, Ya Allah. Whatever is taking place on the path of Haq, Ya Allah, accept it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant all the needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. 
whatever good that Rasulullah begged for, Allah, we also begging for all that good. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين